What's up, heroes? Happy Halloween, and welcome to the Producer Life Podcast, episode 87. Halloween has always been one of my favorite holidays. As a kid, I always looked forward to it, and I would always put a lot of effort into my costumes and dressing up, and, you know, I guess I never quite grew out of it because, well, here I am today. But the reason that's on my mind is I just completed this amazing gig at Lion Creek Brewing in Peachtree City, Georgia. I'm going to break that down in a future episode as a mobile DJ gig and talk about what went well and what didn't, but overall, I couldn't be happier, and I just want to thank the venue and everybody that showed up for a terrific evening. But today, I want to focus on our guest. We're joined by Kofla. He's a Colombian drummer who brings groovy Latin vibes to his tech house tracks, and he has been tearing up clubs all over Atlanta. Over the course of the interview, we talk about his background and influences, his production and remixing workflow, and he shares his thoughts on getting started in a new city and working with promoters. Before we get to the interview, I want to thank Melodics.com for sponsoring the podcast. If you've ever marveled at someone who's finger drumming or playing the keyboard and wished, man, I wish I could do that, Melodics is the way to get there and have fun while you're doing it. Melodics.com offers a desktop app that makes it fun to learn to finger drum, play the keyboard, or even play the drums. And you can probably use whatever MIDI controller you've got right now or keyboard because it works with just about anything. The Melodics app helps you to quickly learn because it's available anytime on your schedule and it makes the learning really fun through gamification with things like streaks, records, and levels. They also have a ton of different backing tracks to select from, so you can speed things up or slow things down just depending on where you are. So give it a try. They've got 60 free lessons for you at no cost. Grab that dusty old MIDI controller that you tossed in your closet, pull it out, and just give it a shot. From there, if you like what you're doing and you want to subscribe to unlock additional premium content, you can use ProducerLife-20, that's again ProducerLife-20, and that'll get you 20% off of an annual subscription or 20% off of a monthly subscription for the first three months. And I really appreciate it that that helps to support the podcast. Now, cue the intro music. All right, Kofla, welcome to the Producer Life Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up, man? Good to good to be here. I'm excited. This is going to be a good conversation. And uh, you are the second Atlanta-based producer that uh, uh, that I've had on the show. Uh, first one being David Lopez, who was on a little while ago. So uh, welcome again. Good, man. Good. Sounds good. Like, let's let's do it. <laughs> So you've got you've got a, a pretty unique background. I understand you are originally from Colombia. Yes, I'm originally uh, originally from Colombia, city of uh, Barranquilla, Colombia. But all my life, I raised in in Bogota. Okay, what's uh, what's Bogota like? It's it's nice. the The techno scene is big. It's it's uh, it's cold. Uh, people like to uh, like to party a lot. Uh, it's it's been growing up since years. Bogota, I think Bogota and Medellin, those are like the big big cities in the uh, electronic music scene. Okay. And is that where you got started with production while you were in Bogota or did, were, were you just enjoying the parties there and then got, got into production later? Well, yeah, I started, I started producing when I was like uh, 15 years old and I, and I started making like EDM, big room, uh, uh, those uh, big festivals, music, you know, like uh, Tiesto and stuff. That's mm-hmm. why I started producing that kind of music. Yeah. So what what made you decide to shift to techno? Um well um I don't know I think like when you when I was like growing up and stuff and then I uh I discovered some uh some good producers. Uh I remember one of my first the uh, house music producers that I heard was Dennis Cruz. Uh and then I started like uh, listening more Spain DJs and I was like wow this is this is really amazing. This is like really underground really uh really good i don't know i don't know i just i just fell in love with with the house music okay and and how did you come to atlanta so um my 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 dad is uh he's a singer uh and uh he came first 
um, because uh, somebody um, gave him a, a job like singing here and stuff. So see, he came here first and then he said like, okay, this is a good place to stay. So they, then he, he brought us all my family here. It was, uh, it was like uh, four, uh, five years ago, uh, came to Atlanta. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you come from a musical family. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Almost all my family are into music. My dad is not into EDM, but he's like salsa, merengue, more like Latin stuff, you know? Okay. And and obviously that that's had a big influence on the sound of your music. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Because uh, some, some of my tracks, I, I use, I use uh, some cultural Colombian style and stuff. And with salsa and merengue, uh, that's why I like to do, uh, like to play with those kind of vibes, you know? Yeah. It's, it's got an awesome, uh, really, uh, fun rhythmic pattern to it. And I, I really, really like a lot of your tracks, particularly Magusta too. I, I'm sure oh, that was yeah. not the right pronunciation, but <laughs> yeah, really, really cool stuff. Thank you. Has your dad collaborated on any tracks with you? No, it's funny. Cause we've been trying to like two years ago, but, uh, it's, it's not like uh, we cannot um, we cannot like uh, do do something original and because so, uh, sometimes I'm busy uh, he's busy and uh, I don't know I, I like to do something that I, I like to make original stuff but I don't know we, we have to do it but we didn't we don't we haven't decided yet what we're gonna do <laughs> okay how does the um, how does the party and club scene differ Bogota to Atlanta? Hmm. Um maybe the the late the late uh the late nights like Bogota we party till ten in the morning or twelve or well uh that's that's a point but the in, in other in other things in other um I think is the the people the crowd is more into uh um yeah I don't know it's been like five years when when I since I since I since I moved here, and when I was when I was in Bogota, I was 19, uh, 18 actually, and uh, I, I didn't party too much because I was not into clubs yet, more like concerts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I went to just like three or four techno clubs, and uh, it's different. People are more like into the music; they're like too focused on the music. They're not like uh, jumping or or uh, singing, or they are like very uh, enjoying the music. I think it's more uh, like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's kind of different. There's more of a focus on the music than maybe the energy? Yeah, exactly. So people go for go to the clubs more uh, to listen to music and the DJ. Uh, some of, some of uh, people here... Uh, just go to the club just because uh, the club, just for the vibe. But people in Bogota go more for the DJ and the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So I mentioned one of my favorite tracks of yours, the the recent Megusta 2, um, which is kind of a, mm-hmm. how, how would you characterize it? Latin tech house? Uh, yeah, pretty much Latin tech house. Yes. Okay. Um, so can you, talk uh, you know most of my listeners are producers um where do you what's your what's your workflow like where do you start with your production and what sort of uh, equipment are you using and how do you kind of walk us through building a techno ho- track from scratch um okay uh, uh when i start when i started producing uh, i've been using fl studio um i know there's a lot of people who's who, who've been telling me that uh, you, you should you should uh switch to ableton or something but I don't know. It's kind of like uh, starting from scratch. So I've been mm-hmm. working in FL Studio since I started, and I've, I've been doing pretty good. Um, I've been doing like, uh, well, like I say, EDM. And four years after that, I started making tech house and house music stuff. And uh, I've been working since then. And I, um, I always started with with the with the beats. With making some, I love percussion. I used mm-hmm. to be I used to be a drummer. And oh okay, yeah. Oh yeah. Before EDM, I I was uh, listening uh, rock and metal and rock music, punk, and I used to play drums. So that's why I, I like to I love to incorporate those drums and percussion into my productions. 
sometimes. Okay. So you, you start off with some sort of a, a drum rack and then um, look for look for a groove in your drums first? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the, I think the, the hardest part, the most difficult part is uh, when I start making a V. That's why I always do starting uh, with, with, the, with some hats, claps, kicks. It's hard. Um, most of the, uh, the most difficult part is the bass. So I, I try to, I try to uh, uh, focus more on the beat, on the beat first and what I want to do, something original, something like uh, with percussion and stuff. And then when I liked it, when I like it, I, I, I keep going with the structure and the stuff. But I don't know. Sometimes I, sometimes I really, I'm really complicated because uh, if I make a beat in hours and then I, I listen to it next day, I, I just I can't delete it because if, if I don't like it or I can just keep going and I don't know, I just I'm been I'm very complicated. I don't do music uh just for I don't release music like uh just for release it. I if I, I, I gotta I have to I have to fall in love with, with that track if I wanna release it. That's what I take my time to produce, you know, to make music I take my time. I've heard producers and, and musicians talk about uh, multiple interviews I've heard of where an artist will release something that, you know, other people were like, yeah, you ought to release it. And it turns out to be one of their biggest hits, even though they can't. Oh, it was um, Smells Like Teen. I read this the other day, Kurt Cobain and Smells Like Teen Spirit. Are you familiar with that song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. One of Nirvana's biggest hits. Kurt Cobain couldn't stand that song. But he released it anyway. So, do do you ever worry that some of the tracks that you may not release might, you know, do really well, even if you're not crazy about them? Yeah, actually, yeah, I've been thinking about that. Like, for example, when I show when I show my music to some friends, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't, I don't like this song. What do you think? And they told me like, No, this is actually really good. Like, you should do something with it. With it. And I'm like, um, at the end of the day, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't keep doing it. I, I got a, like, I got a lot of, I got a couple of tracks that I haven't sang yet and I'm still working on it. I was still, I'm still working on them, but, um, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if this is going to be good or, or bad or, um, I don't know. For example, that song, Me Gusta too. uh, I didn't know what to do and I just, I, I just signed it with a label from from a friend from Colombia, and uh, I think this the track has been doing pretty good because uh, a lot of DJs, uh, international and not in other countries, uh, they play they play my music. So I was like, oh, okay, wow, I didn't know that's that's gonna happen, you know. But yeah, that's that's exciting when you can see see a lot of traction in other countries. Um, and it's hard to predict where your where your audience is going to be. So that's uh, although when you've got a Latin track, that it's somewhat predictable. <laughs> um, so going going back to the production, you you get your beat down. You talked about you said the bass line is often difficult. What um, what tricks do you have? How do you approach your bass lines? You, you said you were a drummer. So do, mm-hmm. are you writing everything into a DAW, or are you with your mouse, or are you playing a keyboard until you find something you like? Yeah, pretty much that. Like keyboard with my keyboard, I'm uh, 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 just uh, pressing buttons and not not really like that, but like trying to trying to find a good melody. And sometimes I um, I just do it by by ear. Sometimes I take, for example, like uh, some of the salsa songs or merengue or some other rhythms, reggaeton or even rock. I. I can I can I can listen to it and take a little bit of that melody of the bassline and put it on my songs, and that helps me a lot. I just play with it, you know. It's it's kind of complicated sometimes. Okay, and then a lot of your tracks feature feature vocals. Are where where do you go for your vocals? Hmm. Um, well. Me gustas too is uh the vocals is pretty popular in in South America and Central America, uh, um, and I was like, yeah, I was like eight years old, nine years old when I listened to it, and someday I just hear it on the radio again when I when I release it, I hear it on the radio and I was like, wow, this this song is pretty nice. I mean, I should do something with it, 
Sometimes I sometimes I just download music, like those kind of old vibes, old music, and I play with them. And I was like, okay, let me try do something with it. And that's pretty much how I how I create how, how I created that one because um, I like to I like to um, do music for um, not all people, but um, when when people listen can li when people listen to it they're going to say like, oh, wow, this is a pretty old song in the house music. So uh, I really like that. I really like it. Okay. So, you know, yeah. So you're, you're sampling older songs. Um, are, you, are you finding those vocals on a third-party website? Or are you using, there's a couple of different websites where you can license older audio clips from other songs. How, how are you getting the actual isolated acapellas to use? Well, I I actually I'm using a pretty nice uh, a really nice app. I, well, I think it's, I think it's not an app. It's a page. It's a it's a page called Lala Lala Lai. It, it I just was, heard about that. Oh, you heard about it? It's pretty. Yeah, good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't tried it, but it does does a good job isolating the vocals. Yeah, yeah, it does a really good job. I'm I'm really I really like it. Yeah. Oh, huh, okay. Does that cost anything? Uh yeah. The thing. Uh, I think the first ten minutes is. Free and then twenty minutes or thirty minutes, it's like ten dollars, twenty bucks, something like that. But uh, yeah, it's really good. I mean, what I do is um, uh, work with one song, and then uh, a week, a week after that, I try with other, uh, with other song, and then it's still free. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll have to try that out. I've I've used um, RX eight. Um... Uh, Isotopes RX8 that does a pretty good job isolating vocals. Just sort of depending on the song, um, and then there's obviously a lot of different websites where you can get, um, uh, you know, like original. Okay. Um, what's the word? Studio acapellas, which is ideal if you can get those. Um, Isotope, you say? Uh, Isotope RX8. Yeah, that's Ooh, it's okay. it's a desktop app. Isotope frequently runs specials where you can get a good discount if you're a student. They also run they also have a 50% discount for students. So I've got a lot of the different what? Isotope software which which I like. That's good. That's good. I haven't heard of it. I only, I, I heard of Isotope. Isotope but I didn't know that he can do that. Yeah. I, Isotope sure. does all sorts of different uh mixing and mastering plugins. So they've they've got some good stuff. I I gravitated towards Isotope because of the student discount as opposed to like Waves which didn't offer a student discount. So Okay. So once you've once you've got your acapellas isolated, you've your how do you what's your process for getting that to sit in the mix? Are you writing your baseline to the acapellas? Are you how do you carve out frequencies for it? What What is your process for making it stand out in the mix? Uh, okay, back to the example of Me Gustas too. Uh, it, the the song has already a bass a bass line, so I took it for it. I make a I made I made a little a little changes uh, a couple of changes, and uh, um, for example, I take uh, I made I made the track first. And then, uh, when I when I take an acapella, I put it on it, and um, I, I try to I try to make some vocal chops. No, not vocal chops. Like I could, I could, I could, I could the vocals to make it like in the beat to sound right on the beat. Um, I move the I move the pitch to to the right key to the right key, and um, uh, what else? Yeah, pretty much. I made the track first, and then I choose. I choose uh, the right vocal for for this track. I try. Okay. I have a lot of acapellas on my on my libraries, and I just use what whatever it feels, whatever it sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So so Magusta Two is actually more of a a, a a remix. Yeah, it's yeah, it's more like a cover and an edit, a house edit. Yeah, it's pretty okay. much like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Um, so speaking of covers, you also just released a new track. You've got a uh, techno thriller remix, the Kofla edit on your SoundCloud right now, available for a free download. Tell me a little bit about that track. Cause it's, it's pretty dope. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, well, um, I made that track. I made that edit like uh, five months ago. 
And uh, I don't know, I was playing with him. I was, uh, uh, my, my parents love Michael Jackson and me too, actually. And I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, let's make let's make something with Michael Jackson. And then it came that song. And then I was I, I was I was about to release it. And then uh, some friends some friends told me like you should wait for for October for Halloween and it will be a nice it'll be a nice release for Halloween. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? You got you're right, you're right. And um, then I wait I wait for Halloween and uh, people people liked it. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad that they yeah. like it. Now, when you say release, you you just mean you've just got it on SoundCloud right now. You didn't actually distribute it through like DistroKid or something like that. Oh no, no, because um, I don't know. It was it was pretty much the it was pretty much an edit. So I wanted to I wanted to give it for free because people can like people can vibe with it and play it, and you know it was like a Halloween gift. Yeah, you know. <laughs> like a Halloween gift, because <laughs> yeah. uh, sometimes I I like to just um, give for free my my music. Not all of them, but a couple of songs. You know, yeah, good good way to get people's attention. And and you got to be careful distributing things. You don't if if you don't actually own the rights to the acapella, you didn't uh, didn't license it. Um, then then you can get it pulled down, and that's that's always bad. So yeah, um, that's right, that's right. Yeah, because Michael Jackson is pretty pretty popular, so that's why I didn't distribute it because I, I might have some um, copyright problems with it. Yeah, so. I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure a few people have heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, talking about Michael Jackson and Halloween, have you have you got any big Halloween gigs coming up? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm actually preparing my my sets for for this weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be a a fun weekend. <laughs> where where all are you playing this weekend? So Friday, I'll be playing at Domain Domain Club with uh with some friends. Uh, used to be Opera Nightclub, right? Okay. I, I remember that club when I came here. Uh, Saturday, I'll be playing with my friends uh, from Parallax and Twisted Lines. They make some really good parties. Uh, I'll be playing there for Halloween and uh, Sunday, uh, Loca Luna. Okay. Wow. Busy, busy weekend. Thank thank you again for carving out some time for the podcast. Um, <laughs> no worries. So what, what do you, what's your process for preparing for a, a weekend like that? How do you go about picking your music and um, how much is your own versus other people's? And what, what's sort of your thought process when you're selecting tracks? Um, well, I'm, I'm very picky. I'm very picky with the music. So I took, I, I take my time. I take my time. Um, uh, I listen, I listen sets, like mix sets an hour, two hours, like pretty much every day, 24 seven, I'm listening music, like house music. That's all I, that's all I'm, I'm listening. Like every day, 24 seven sex, uh, sets, sorry. Um, Beatport, I found some good music on Beatport too. Um, so I'm, I'm making my when I'm making my car, my my car, and I um I bought always like I'm always I'm always buying new music and and old music too because I I really enjoy the old the old school house music. That's one of my favorite things, the old school house music. And then when I when I buy when I buy the tracks, um. Uh, I practice in my room. I have my my mixer, my controller, and then I I practice a lot for a good set. Okay, you mentioned Twisted Lines. Um, that's that's a promoter here in Atlanta, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a collective, right? It's a it's a music collective. What is what does that mean? Can, can you describe that for my listeners? What does that mean? Uh, yeah, sure. It's um, it's a brand. It's a brand that, uh, who make it, it who make parties, you know. Like for example, they put a Twisted Alliance presents uh, Halloween, Halloween. So it's a brand uh, who make make parties. They're they they're two people, two of my two of my friends, and uh, yeah, they use Twisted Alliance for uh, from for uh, for making parties. It, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, how does how does a music collective differ from a, a promoter, other than it's several people that are doing it? Um, 
Okay, good question. It's so they have the brand and they have a lot they have a lot of friends like supporting them. And pretty much what DJs do it's it's promoting is promoting this those parties. Cause uh okay, they they in charge to uh make the party, make the flyer, um set set up everything. So the DJs we just helping promote promoting. It's it's not it's not it's not big it's not a big thing, but they already got a following, a big following. So their parties are are, are really good, really good. I've been playing with with them like a year ago, more like okay. more, more like than a year. Mm-hmm. You moved to Atlanta five years ago. So how yeah. did you sort of get your foot in the door with the music scene and? you know, you're, you're playing all over the place now. So how did you go about networking and getting gigs, I guess is what I'm getting at. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Okay. So five years ago I came here. Um, um, I've been like, uh, since I got here, I've been like hanging out. I've been like by myself, just, go, uh, I was going out by myself, meeting new people, everything. And, um, I was like uh, sending sending my music to promoters, uh, uh, club owners, everything, my sets, uh, my music, and um, everybody was like uh, not responding me back, nothing. Uh, I be, I was trying so hard to be in the music scene, but uh, nobody was like supporting me. So that's why I decided to make uh, to make my own parties. I had I had a collective too, a music collective called Groove On. Um, with some friends, we started making like pool parties in in friends' house in in one of my friends' house, uh, pool parties, basement parties. Like, and then when I was posting that on my social media, that's 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 when people started like, um, uh, interested on me, and then some people reach me reach me out and say like, hey, bro, like your music is cool, your parties are good, and then that's one that's why. Um, that's when I started, like, in the process of going to clubs and stuff. I really, I really have. Um, I, has, I had some help for one of my best friends called Rob Session. Uh, he helped me a lot to uh, get into the clubs and the music scene. So we we've been we've been working together since then. It was like two years ago, and um, uh, two years and a half. Go. That's when I when I released my first EP, and then I like I start. I, then I keep going and working, working hard on my music and learning uh, new stuff and music production. And then I I was releasing more and more music. That that uh, so then uh, that's why people started like reaching me out more and more because I was like doing good. And then I. Uh, that's why that's that's how I get in the music scene and clubs and parties and stuff. Okay, so partly you you had Rob was uh, sort of a mentor for you and helped helped open some doors, but then you were also throwing your throwing your own parties. Do you do you have your own like mobile DJ setup that you were using, or were you renting equipment? Uh, yeah, we were like renting equipment and and stuff. Yeah, just uh just pretty pretty small controllers with laptops you know that's how we we started yeah okay all right well nice well now you're playing at some of the biggest clubs in atlanta and and uh three gigs in a weekend that's that's fantastic congratulations <laughs> thank you so uh, of the venues you played at do you have uh do you have favorites and and what makes a good venue to play in versus a more challenging one? Oh, uh, okay i have a lot of I have a couple of favorites. Uh, for example, um, so one, one of my favorite parties are Twister Lines for sure. Uh, my friends from Parallax, uh, they've been doing like really good parties. We uh, they mostly do parties not in a club, more, more most like mostly like uh, warehouses. And uh, yeah, I saw saw on social media they were doing a bunch of stuff in underground Atlanta this summer. Yeah, yeah, I love that place actually. Yes, it's a pretty nice part. Yeah, and. Um, District District Atlanta is one of my mm-hmm. favorites. I believe Believe Music Hall was one of my favorite venues too. And um, yeah, I think I think yeah, it's it's mostly like I have I have a a, a couple more, but those are like are my favorites. And warehouses parties are 
Artina the best because it's a different vibe. You know, it's more like more uh, intimate, intimate stuff, intimate stuff with for people and music. I, it's, it's it's different. You know. Okay. When you're up on stage, have you have you had any? I guess disasters or mistakes that you've had to overcome and how did you get over those, you know, uh, music stopping in the middle of a set or. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, t tell me about a time that you, uh, overcame a major, uh, major mess up. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it, but I think, uh, everybody, everybody, it, it happens for everybody, you know, Every DJ has that the little those little troubles with the mixer. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been pressing. Sometimes I press the the Q button, or sometimes I load the the track in the wrong deck or something. You know, it's it's just it's bad. But um, I don't know when I when I uh, do that those mistakes. Um, Yeah, I don't know what to do. I just, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just playing it again. <laughs> My bad. But uh, not not anymore. I think like um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty careful with those mistakes uh, now. And um, what else? Uh, yeah, I think that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest mistake. Like pressing the the Q button in the in the track or uh, on. Um, Yeah, on, on a set, it's it's pretty much that. I do, I do, um, I do parties with Rob Session called Rhythmo. That's our brand. It's called okay. Rhythmo. It's rhythm, and uh, sometimes we are so excited, and then we made some mistakes too with the cue button and stuff. I got some videos. Sometimes I I posted like bloopers and stuff. It's pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's a good good way to use your mistakes to your advantage. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure everybody likes to see, hey, you know, DJ's a human too. We all make mistakes. And, um, oh, hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. What What would you say when, when you're working with um, promoters and venues, what are the most important things to sort of building a good relationship with them so that they'll invite you back? Um, being, being punctual, of course, being professional, being... Um, Uh, being prepared, everything being uh, being polite, being humble, things those uh, it's just, that's really important. Like don't ever show, don't ever show to to them to like you're you're the best or you're you're a big like you don't you know it's it's pretty much about that. Being humble, being professional, and and being prepared, being um, being uh, uh, yeah, pretty much being professional and do the things right because there's a lot of uh djs that just take uh this for fun they they don't take it seriously so um i think it's pretty i think it's pretty important to take this seriously and being professional because there's a lot of djs who take this professional and for for a dj to his professional um and other promoters like are are like giving the chance to other DJs that are not professional is like you taking, you taking us this, this part, you know what I mean? You're taking us the, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's some people out there that are, that are not, you know, who, who may, for example, agree to play for free or something like that because they're not viewing it as a profession. It's more of just a hobby Sure. I guess one of the one of the things that I think a lot of DJs struggle with as they're trying to become more professional is how do I figure out what to where do I price myself in the market? How did you go about doing that over time? I mean, how did you initially figure out what you were going to ask when you had a club gig or something like that? Well, it takes it takes time. For example, uh, I I started playing for free too. I think we all we all did. In 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 uh, some day, I started playing for free, and because uh, um, it's pretty important, like to give to give yourself uh, uh, a chance to uh, meet meet new people, meet new uh, promoters and stuff. But of course, you gotta you gotta start from something. If you if you're new in the scene and nobody knows you, you can you can charge like a lot because. Uh, um, 
promoters and club owners they of course looking for a dj who uh bring uh you know a crowd or something and um and it's pretty much and and you gotta be talented i think so you gotta be you gotta practice a lot because there's some djs like who, don't, who doesn't practice and i and then they've been playing and it is not it's not good it's not really good <laughs> so um yeah if i see a friend that who, who got potential who got who are really into this and they and they say to me they tell me like bro i want to i want to be a really good dj i want to learn and i'm like okay bro you know what i'm a, i'm gonna give you some tips i'm gonna tease you a little bit of my stuff and yeah that's that's pretty much but like yeah like i said uh, all of us started from scratch from playing for free for drinks for everything yeah Okay. So, so if you're just getting started, you, your advice is don't, you know, expect to do a few gigs for free in order to get your foot in the door. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like you need, you need to start like not, not necessarily for free, but you need to start for something. And then when you get more and more practice, when you get more, um, when you get more skills, uh, you can start, start like thinking, about uh charging more or what i'm gonna do with my with my music how can i grow up because uh i think it's pretty important to um to make yourself value you need to yeah it's, it's pretty important to make yourself value because it's your time is your uh is your music your your money because you're buying uh good headphones music uh you have your studio if you are if you're a producer like you spend time in the studio uh you spend money on your uh, monitors uh keyboard whatever you know it's it's our time so it, i think it's pretty important to make it value absolutely one one of the biggest things i think that dj's do that adds value is is obviously the music selection and figuring out when is the right time to play a specific track you know mixing skills are important but you know, playing the right track at the right time is really key. Uh, what advice can you offer for reading the crowd as you're as you're watching people out there dancing? How do you decide which track to play next? Well, okay, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good question because um, it's pretty important to know about the music selection and uh, when is the right time to put a banger. Or when and what is when when is the the right time to put a chill song and you know people need to need to rest you know need to take a break of the of a heartbeat so I would say uh, when I uh, when I read people I'm I think I'm good reading people when I say uh, when I see that they are not um, they are like okay having fun and stuff. Uh, then is the right moment to play something different with a different beat, but something like not chill, but not crazy. When and then when you when you put when you're trying to put a banger again, then is the right moment to put it. You will you will know because you have to. Uh, there's a lot of DJs who just are just focused on for focused on the on the mixer and they don't they don't watch the people. And it's pretty it's pretty important to watch people like have an interaction with them. Cannot you cannot play all the bangers in in the set in your set you you definitely cannot do it. There's a lot of people playing uh, Fisher and and Chris Lake in the same set and like it's pretty fun, but uh, people can get tired of the same bangers. So there's a there's a there's a there's some a, a phrase a phrase uh, I heard one time like you gotta you gotta play. You don't have a good DJ. Don't play the the music that likes the the, the music that people likes. You gotta play music that they didn't know they're gonna like. You know what I mean? Did I say it good? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, you don't just play the things that they hear on the radio. You play things that you know that they will like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like people are gonna say like, oh wow, this uh, this is a pretty nice track. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never heard it put quite that way, but that makes sense. You know, the DJ is kind of the tastemaker. We 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 bring new music to people, and 
Yeah, I, I think that's one of the reasons I love remixes so much is that, you know, there's an element of familiarity in the tracks. You know, you recognize the melody, you recognize a hook or something like that, but then it's done in a totally new and interesting way. You talked about um, starting off in sort of basement parties and now you do warehouses, you do corporate events. Um, uh, you, you've done, um, I think you, you had a big pool party at the Omni Hotel this summer. That that looked like fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw you also have done a bunch of boat parties. What is, how does that differ from a usual DJ gig when you're, when you're performing on a boat? Um, okay. Um, I make, uh, I was making those parties with, with my friend Rob session. Oh, and, okay. uh, yeah, uh, it was, it was a vibe for summer, you know, uh, when it's summer, people like to party in the day, you go out, uh, and the lake is, it's, uh, it's a funny, it's a fun thing to do. So yeah, we were making those boat parties and, um, playing the, in, playing the boat is, it's different. Like you cannot play, of course, like bangers, like too crazy. It's more like a. I think it's pretty. I think it's perfect. The Latin tech house is perfect for those vibes. Uh, Latin Afro house, uh, those things like very very tropical and stuff. And um, it's pretty. It's not. It's not too different. But of course, you gotta read. Like I said before, you gotta read the people and how they reacting with with the music. And those kind of lake uh, tropical vibes is, is perfect with Latin tech house or or Afro. Um, it's pretty much it's pretty much that. When you guys were putting those on, how how did you go about doing that? Was it just inviting a bunch of friends, or did you post you know create a Facebook page and then do paid advertising for it, or how did you promote and sort of walk walk me through? start to finish how you would do a boat party if you were doing another one um okay we got we have a lot of we have a lot of friends that uh that support us um and it's it's pretty nice there's pretty nice people they're friends so what we do is uh sending uh private fr- private text like it, we send uh we send the flyer and the invitation uh we post it on close friends something like we don't make it public cuz we those uh those boat parties we try to make it more uh intimate with with friends that people who know people who we know only the only friends uh you know is um and people like um uh people that we trust people that we trust because you know it's it's a boat so um it, it it can be dangerous if somebody i don't know for example i get drunk or something and they go to the lake or it's, it's it can be dangerous like oh people fighting or you know we don't we don't want that we yeah i was kind of worried wondering about the liability issue there but so those were those were just mostly groups of friends that you guys were throwing parties for exactly yeah, yeah. that's why okay. we never posted on public yeah got it all right okay um you you're doing really well uh you know i was looking at looking at your numbers on spotify and you've got like almost 6,400 monthly listeners, which is fantastic. How, how are you, what do you do to promote your Spotify tracks? Are you doing anything? Are you using pre-save campaigns? Is it mostly the labels you're signed to that are helping to promote those? Or do you have anything in particular that you're doing that's working well in terms of promoting your Spotify spins? Um, well, yeah, the, the labels, they, they are in charge to promote the music if uh, when a label is pretty good uh they don't they don't need too much promotion cuz uh the labels the house music labels are different than for example hip hop labels and um cuz a uh, lot of DJs around the world they uh they've been they've been uh ser- searching uh music on beat for every day so when a label is really good they it's going to pop up pop on the on the on the beatboard page or track source you know so uh they'll find it and the uh, labels also uh send those promos before they before the release they send the promos to other djs and they they can play it and when people when people are listening to it they, they're gonna be like oh wow this is a really nice track they'll try to shazam but it's not it's not it's not out yet so 
that's that's a good thing to do because uh, when I when I make tracks and I'm playing it, I'm playing I'm playing them on parties, and then some people ask me, okay, hey, what what, what is what is this track? This is pretty nice. And I was like, yeah, this one of my tracks is not is not out yet. And people are they're gonna be excited to to for the release. And when they the release, uh, they're gonna say, oh, I I heard this track before, like months ago, and stuff. And um, that's pretty much what labels do. And me too. I I also uh, send my music to DJs like as a promo. And they say like, hey, this is one of my uh, last work. Hope you enjoy it. Play it. And they send me videos and stuff. And it's, it's that's the promotion, like playing it, playing it. Like you can post post pictures of post video of people dancing to your music. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's really fun. Okay, nice. To what degree? Is social media important for you? I mean, how how much effort do you put in? How much time do you put in? Do you plan things out? What what's your social media strategy if if you have one? Um. Yeah. Actually, I do have one. It's um. Uh, for example, I try. Uh, I post every Monday something. Something I play. I I post something, and um. Every Monday, every Wednesday, I don't try to post on weekends because people are busy on weekends, like going out or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I do is post uh, posting some pictures of me. For example, I post I post pictures like uh, for people for interact with people, and they know for new followers, they know who I am and what I do. And then I post uh, flyers, and then I post uh, music and stuff. Uh, I always, I, I'm always trying to uh, uh, post different things uh, between other other posts. Like if I post a picture, I'm not gonna post another picture. I'm gonna post something different, like music or, or a flyer or uh, or something. Is you know what I mean? It's just uh, different things every day. Not every day, but every post. Okay, just so so your like your stream doesn't look the same. You've got music, video, photo text you've got you've got kind of a variety uh-huh yeah, yeah and sometimes i decide like i'm not gonna i'm just gonna post whatever uh whatever i want and it just just like um like different things like different uh it just depends on the moment sometimes i don't post on mondays sometimes i don't post in a week or something it just depends what i want to post next yeah if i if i don't post in a few days i always start itching i feel like uh, i'm 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 failing i need to <laughs> i need to post <laughs> me something. too me too yeah yeah i feel you i feel you yeah yeah um so you've got a big weekend planned what's sort of looking out a little longer term the next three to six months what's what's next for kofla the the next three months you say uh, well yeah, yeah the next three six months whatever what are your what are your plans for your music brand and business Oh, okay. Um, well, the next the next month, I'm waiting for. I already signed like six songs, seven. No, actually, like eight. And this next three months, I, they're gonna release everything. So that's why I've been I've been a little bit quiet with my productions because I'm waiting for the release. It took it took always like four to six months or even eight. That's that's one of the things I don't like about labels. They take like a lot of time releasing the music, but I think it's a good strategy, you know. And this okay. next this next this next three months, I'm just uh, trying to be trying to make more music, more more stuff for big for biggest labels for for biggest labels. Um, uh, I don't know. Oh, I, I'm actually. Uh, going going a lot to Miami because my vibes uh they, they match more like Miami. So I have a, I have a couple of friends, uh, DJ friends in Miami. So I'm traveling mostly like I don't know once uh, once per month, something like go visit, uh, go make some moves, you know, connections and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love Miami. It's it's a pretty the it's a pretty nice place. The music scene, mostly the tech house scene, is is big. It's big there. It's, it's. I love it. It's it's amazing there. I've I've been there a couple of times. It's a it's a fun city, and 
yeah, do you do you think you might be moving down there eventually because it matches your vibe better, or um, are you kind of settled in the? I mean, your family's here in Atlanta. Yep. Yeah, they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's I've been thinking of that. Like, I don't think I'm not gonna move to Miami for 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 now. Not not in maybe in a in a, in a long time in the future maybe. But uh, I love I love Atlanta, man. I love Atlanta. It's it's pretty it's it's balanced like not too crazy not too chill it just i feel like miami it, it can be wild a little bit wild sometimes it's a lot going on but if i move there of course i would take it like prof- professional i would do my stuff there and um uh doing my my music my my things over there in a very professional way but it's a it's a it's um it's a it's a very hard move. It's a very difficult. Uh, I, I gotta think about it. I, I really gotta think about it. It's a, it's a very hard decision. Yeah, and, and Miami's an expensive city to live in too. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that as well. Of course, it is. Well, where can my listeners find you and your music? Sure. Uh, so my Instagram, you can find me like Kofla Wike Kofla Kofla um, line on the floor. What, what do you say with the underscore? The- underscore yeah kofla underscore music on instagram spotify like kofla and um apple music kofla just just kofla facebook kofla music soundcloud kofla as well okay (laughs) Okay. yeah it's pretty simple (laughs) you got the brand on lockdown (laughs) yes all right. Well, I, I will also include links for those in the show notes. And uh, again, I uh, really appreciate your time. This has been an interesting interview and it and, uh, uh, sounds like you've got big things going on in the future. And, and I wish you the best of luck in Atlanta or maybe Miami one day. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Ho- hopefully soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening today. I wanted to share a quick actionable marketing tip. Most of you already know that you can pitch a track to Spotify if you have about 10 days before its release date. Amazon Music just launched a similar option, which is available through the Amazon Music for Artists app. Just find it on your your app store. Once you load the app and sign in with your artist profile, you can select new releases. And from there, you can pitch one new release, ideally the lead single or song from your EP or album. They allow you to pitch up to 14 days after the release date, which is a big difference from Spotify, but I expect you'll have better luck if you do it before the release date. So give it a try and let me know what you what you think about it and how it goes. Uh, this is new for Amazon. So again, if you're pitching it to Spotify, you may as well go ahead and borrow a lot of the same content and pitch it to Amazon as well. You never know what playlist you may get picked up for. As always, I'll have links for everything in the show notes page. Just head over to producerlifepodcast.com and look for episode 87. Until next time, this is the House Ninja reminding you to be somebody's hero today. (laughs) 